is risen. I love that. Because that changes everything, doesn't it? Now, I want you to think about this today. Of all the things that you own, of all the things that are precious to you, which of them is the most expensive? What is it that you have that is beyond anything else in this world, in this life, that is valuable? Some years ago, a woman by the name of, uh, of Elizabeth Gibson, she lives out in, in New York State, She's walking down the street, walking her dog, and in its garbage day. And, and on the street is everybody with their garbage cans and their extra stuff all gathered out there. And she sees this painting uh, that just catches her eye. And she thinks, I, I like this painting. I like the colors. It would go well in my house. And she kind of looks around and doesn't really know the person who lives there. It's like, well, they're throwing it away. And she picks up the painting along with her dog and walks back to her house finds the, the perfect spot, and she hangs it in her house. And over the next few years, uh, people would comment, what an interesting, beautiful painting. And she's like, I know, I know, I, I got it off the street. It was garbage. Somebody was throwing it away. And they're like, well, have you ever researched it? It's clearly an original painting. I'm, uh, are you curious who, who the uh, artist is and, and where it came from? And she's like, you know, that's kind of a good point. I, I should start researching it. So it took her a while but over the course of a couple years, she learned that this was a missing masterpiece by a renowned Mexican artist, and it ended up selling at auction for close to $2 million. She had no idea until she sold it, of course. What a great payday, right? Or how about this? A, a man by, by the name of Ed St. John, got to love his last name, walking out of a convenience store back in 2005 in Massachusetts and the garbage can that's right outside the door of the convenience store. He sees a lottery ticket just sitting in the garbage. He's on a whim. He just pulls out the lottery ticket and he walks away and gets home and he checks the number and comes to realize it's a million-dollar ticket. Talk about something of value in the trash. Who would have thunk it, right? Or I, I remember a few years ago, I was at a, in a, touring this museum, and, and we got to this music section where they had these historic instruments that were of great value, and, and there was a piano there that had a, a different kind of keyboard. It looked more like almost a, a typewriter keyboard uh, of the notes, and I thought, wow, that's interesting. And they said, you know, the same, um, same maker that made this piano over 200 years ago had also made a piano that had that kind of keyboard and you could take it off and turn it around and it had a normal piano keyboard. And he says, we know that he made only 10 of those kind of instruments, but none of them are known to exist. And then he says, and he paused, he said, and, and by the way, I was giving this tour a few weeks ago and a woman on the tour said, oh, my grandma used to have a piano like that. And, and he says, I stopped the tour and I said to her, where is it? What did you do with it? He, she said, oh, yeah, um, uh, she passed away last year, and we didn't know what to do with it. It looked like a piece of junk. I mean, who would want a, a piano like that? So we just kind of used some sledgehammers, broke it all up, and threw it in the garbage, and it was hauled away. And she's like, why? Was it worth something? <laughs> he said, multi-million dollar instrument thrown away. What a tragedy. To have something of great value that simply gets discarded, thrown away. On the other side of it is, imagine finding something of great value that changes your life in the garbage. 
I want to ask you that question again. What is the most valuable thing in your life? What is the most expensive thing that you own today? Now, I know it's Easter Sunday. Like, the answer has got to be, if the pastor's asking, it's got to be Jesus, right? Well, I get that. We're going to get there. You know where I'm going. But the truth is, every day when we live our life, not just on Easter Sunday, what is of value? What matters to us? What convinces us this is the most expensive thing I have? For a lot of us, if we're honest, maybe it's keeping up with our house and and paying our mortgage payment and and, and honoring our our house that we've invested in. Maybe for others, it's it's our family, and and rightly so, our family that that matters to us and, and investing in them. And if you have kids, they're expensive, right? That was meant to be funny, because um, they are, and, but they're valuable. Or, or how about this? Maybe it's, maybe it's your job or your skill set, and you're like, you know what? I've been blessed to be very successful, and one of the greatest gifts I have that, that is, is valuable in my life is my ability to earn a great amount of money. And it's, it's a talent you have, and you're gifted in that way. Maybe that's you. Others are saying, that's not me. <laughs> But maybe your value is, is based in, in your time or what you focus on. The list can go on of the things we honor or the things we value. But I want you to hear this interesting comment made by one by the name of the Apostle Paul. When he's looking back at his life and what was valuable and what was seemingly so precious and expensive, he says this, but whatever was of value to me then I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them garbage. Do you hear that? That I may gain Christ and be found in him. Not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but rather that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness that comes from God on the basis of his faithfulness. Yes, I want to know Christ. Yes, to know the power of his resurrection. This is Paul, later in his life, after living most of his life, pursuing success, worldly success, religious success, trying to be a good person, going through the motions of life and saying, I'm a good guy. I'm I'm successful. I'm, I'm valuable. I'm important. People look to me as a leader. And he's like, and then I meet Jesus. And I realize... You know what? What I thought was valuable, what I thought life was all about, he says, it was garbage because I was valuing the wrong thing. I mean, can you imagine thinking your whole life that something is what life is all about only to find out it's not? That all the while what really mattered was something we just threw in the garbage. And it's interesting to me in the Old Testament Isaiah, and we've reflected on some of these words over the season of Lent that uh, what God's word says beforehand of why Jesus would come and what he would look like as Savior and Lord, and it, it, it's kind of counterintuitive or countercultural to what expectations would be. Is Jesus comes as one who suffers, one who lays down his life, one who goes the way of, of death, and, and as Isaiah even said it, he says he was despised and rejected, a man of sorrows. And, and this wasn't 
what people would want to be drawn to, right? It's like, well, that, that's just something. Why, why would Savior the World go the way of Good Friday? And, and we want to just kind of move from the triumphal entry on, 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 uh, on, on, on Palm Sunday and just jump to the resurrection, and, and rightly so. But the thing is, is in between was a Savior who comes to suffer and die. Kind of significant, too, where does this happen? It happens outside the walls of Jerusalem where Jesus would purposely and willingly go the way of death. And, and if you've ever wondered, what were the smells in the air that day? As many scholars have said that, that Golgotha, the place of the skull, was located very near the city dump where there'd be fires burning and, and the smoke of trash would fill the air. And here it is, God himself, the savior of the world, dying for us. To the smell of refuse and trash and garbage. And yet the most valuable gift this world will ever know, right there. And a Savior who doesn't just die, but a Savior who conquers the grave once and for all. To remind us, when we feel our life is nothing but garbage, when we say, what have I done? Who have I become? Where am I going? I feel like a failure. And Jesus says, but you are of value because I have called you by name. You are mine, and I treasure you enough to go the way of death, the most expensive gift that could ever be paid. And he seals the deal by rising again to life, to give victory today, to remind us that our life today has value and that the greatest gift is right there as a free gift. It's not something we could earn. That's something we could perform well enough to deserve. No. He gives us to us free of charge. The one who goes to the garbage dump and meets us in our pain and our suffering is a God who gives us victory to give us the greatest gift. You have something very precious today through faith in Christ. I was reminded of this just a couple weeks ago. I was walking through a garbage dump, literally. <laughs> As we were in Mexico on, on the mission trip with Mexicali Mission, we're walking through a garbage dump, and, and our tour guide was named by the, a guy by the name of Luis. Luis spoke with broken English. You could understand him pretty well, though, and Luis was telling his story. As we walked through his neighborhood, which is a garbage dump and a sewage ditch, goes through the middle of it all, and, and the stench of trash, and we're walking through, and he's telling his story, and as we're walking along, he says, Jesus has changed and transformed my life. And I go, tell your story. And Luis saying, he's, and he starts pointing, rolling up his sleeve, and he shows all these wounds, uh, these scars in his, his arms. He shows, because he's got a, his head shaved, and he shows us this scar in his head. And, and I said, well, what are all these scars? And he lifts up his shirt, and he says, he's got one here too. I'm like, what are those, those scars? He said, well, I was... I used to sell drugs. I used to be an addict on the street. I used to be in gangs. And, and he says, I, I was shot many times over those years. And he said, I, I thought that was the only way. I thought that's where I'd have value was by being on the street, being a tough guy and, and living, earning my living illegally. He says, that, that's all I knew. And, and he says, and one day, I just couldn't do it anymore. I've been hearing about Jesus. He says, the word of God was having its way in my life. And one day I said, enough's enough. And, and by the power of Jesus, he says, I, I walked away from all of that. And I said, how did you live? I, I'm surprised they didn't take you out for, for walking away from a gang. He says, I don't know. But it's a miracle that they let me live. And he says, I have, I have all these wounds 
and, and scars to show for it. He said, but I am a child of God. And, and with that, Luis took me back to where he lives, this little four-by-eight room. And, you know, it's just nothing special about it by our standards. Like, really, who can live this way? And he has a, a mat on the floor that he uses as a bed, just some blankets kind of, and some padding on the floor all rustled up. And, and he took me back into his little, little place where he lives, and with that, he, says, he showed me his baptismal certificate. He said, Jesus called me by name in my baptism. He wanted me to see that. And, he, and then he went over by his bed, and there's this kind of folded up piece of paper that clearly was tattered. It had been around for a while, and he hands it to me, and I start unfolding it, and I look, and, and here's this list of handwritten names. And, and I'm reading through, and I'm recognizing names because they're names of kids from our church and kids from our shepherd in Birmingham and others that have gone down there over the years. And, I, and I'm reading a lot. And then I see my daughter's name, Abby, on this list. And I said, Luis, what is this? He says, I pray for these kids every morning and every night. And I said, well, this is my daughter. He says, I thought so. I've been praying for her for four years now. I just met this guy. And he prays for my daughter every day. I don't even pray for my daughter twice a day, truth be told, right? But I was reminded, a man who was once an addict on the street, a man who was once selling drugs, a guy who's been shot multiple times, and we'd be writing off, and yet he lives in a garbage dump, and God is present in his life because God specializes in reaching people where they are with the greatest gift this world has ever known. Christ is risen, 